0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to the Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I never thought I would have said this a couple weeks ago, but Winnipeg versus Montreal in the Grey Cup,
1: it's going to be special. Zach Kalaros deals down, has a celebratory headbutt with Brady Oliveira. Kalaros pumps the ball into the East Stands.
2: As for the first time since 1982... A team is going to a fourth straight Grey Cup. Greg
0: Mackling from CJOB Radio, our great chorus radio station in Winnipeg, where Greg is the co-host of The Start, the morning show, and does podcasts on the Blue Bombers, of course. That get boring, Greg, after, you know, three years, his number four in the road, Do you guys get get kind of ho-hum?
1: Roy, do you remember speaking to me in 2019 from Calgary when we were Trying to break the twenty-nine year drought. Yes, I do. Yeah, no. For there's my my answer. Does not get boring. (laughs) There's my answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! Welcome to Hamilton. How are you?
1: Doing great. Love Hamilton. Great town. Friendly people. My goodness, what a you know, uh, Winnipeg East out here. People are so friendly. Sitting having breakfast this morning and end up sitting with a couple and just. Share what sounds like basically the same childhood memories of the CFL. Just my new friend Frank is a Tiger Cats fan, and I'm a diehard Blue Bomber fan. It was looking in in the mirror. It was kind of a neat experience this morning. So yeah, we have... shout out to Hamilton. Thank you,
0: uh, all of us in Hamilton. Of course, we hoping it was going to be the Tiger Cats and the Blue Bombers, and then those Alouettes got in the way. But uh, with comment on that, and somebody who knows Hamilton. I would say better than most, Rick Zamprin, host of Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. And the fifth quarter following Tiger Cat Games. Hey, Rick, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Too bad it's not the cats, but, but here we go.
2: Hello, Roy, and hello, Greg, and listen, it's not 29 years, but it is 25, so we're closing in on what Winnipeg fans endured for more than a quarter of a century, and we're almost there ourselves, so it has been a fantastic week in Hamilton with uh, lots of fun uh, and lots of great friendships being made, and I can uh, i can tell a quick story of stumbling upon an Argos fan down on James Street North, which is where the Breakup Festival is being held, the Fan Central. I asked him, isn't it a little awkward for you to be, you know, rolling around downtown Hamilton in double blue? And he said, it is a little bit, and I've heard a few Argos sucks, but it's all in good fun, and everyone is here to have a little fun.
0: Yeah, that's so important. I'm, I'm You know, we have many listeners in Toronto on AM640, our Toronto radio station, course, radio station, and I feel for the Argos because and their fans because they had a terrific season before the Alouettes got lucky last weekend. I'll we'll have to say that. But um, let's just go back to the Blue Bombers and the progression over the last four years, Greg. How good is this team when you would compare it to the best team in this four-year run? Are they the best? Is this year's edition the best?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. I, you know, emotionally and like the eye test would tell you Here's the statistic that might say yes. Uh, of the five highest scoring games this season, the, the most points put up by one single team this year, Winnipeg has the most, the second most, the third most, the fourth most, and the fifth most. Most I think they've tied with Toronto on that uh, fifth most points scored by one team in a single game this year. So their offense is as prolific as it's ever been. Uh, their defense, maybe not quite as good as it was in 2021. They had, I think, 11 games where they didn't give up a, a touchdown in the fourth quarter of that year. So overall, might be just as good as as a team, uh, based on how prolific the uh, the offense is, and that defense is super stingy as well.
0: I'll stay with you for a second, Greg. How does um, how does a team like this? get assembled. You've watched it take place. Mm-hmm. 29 years, no Great Cup. And then 2019, after our conversation, the last four years, three years, four years, just outstanding. How does this team get assembled and how do they keep it in place and how do they keep their strengths and, and all of the the intangibles that are part of a, a winning team and a winning organization, how have they done it?
1: I would say community, culture, and continuity. Uh, community first, that's a community-owned team, and so the, the franchise is very important to, to the city of Winnipeg, to the province of Manitoba. It's a big part of our identity, and uh, their new president in uh, 2015, Wade Miller, understood that as much as anybody, former player, successful business person in Winnipeg, and it was killing him that the Blue Bars were doing so poorly. And so uh, that community desire uh, for a new stadium, David Asper, drove a big part of that in terms of getting the new stadium at the University of Manitoba. And then it's the continuity. Uh, Mike O'Shea has been the head coach for 10 years now. Um, You don't see that very often in pro sport. It's sort of a college sports thing where you see head coaches stay for a long time. And then the continuity. Uh, Winning builds winning. Andrew Harris came to Winnipeg back in 2016 with the express desire and the express goal of bringing a Grey Cup to his hometown. Did that in 2019. He's moved on to be replaced by another Winnipeg product. In fact, went to the same high school. And so even the, the, the import players or the American players, we've got a lot of them that live in Winnipeg year round. In a city where NHL players have Winnipeg on their no-trade trade list, Canadian Football League players are lining up to come to Winnipeg, and the ones that come here don't want to leave.
0: Yeah. You know, Ricky, you scared me when you said 25 years. I'd forgotten it was that long since the um, Tiger Cats won a Grey Cup. And you used to do play-by-play. I I should have mentioned that at uh, the beginning of the introduction. Hamilton listeners don't need to be reminded of that. But you were a fantastic play-by-play announcer as well. So um, you've watched Winnipeg every year through this incredible run. And you've seen both the Alouettes and the Blue Bombers in action this year. So who do you like for the Grey Cup? And why? Remember, I'm going to bet money on what you're about to say.
2: <laughs> well, listen, I think uh, not necessarily the two best teams are here, although I do think Winnipeg is top to bottom the best team in the Canadian Football League. And yes, I'm including Toronto in that equation. But I I, I, I and everyone else thought the Argos were going to be in this team as well. and They just had the worst game, perhaps, in the history of their franchise, considering what they achieved in the regular season. But I think what we have is the two hottest teams in the CFL, the two teams that are playing their best football in all three facets of the game right now. Now, Montreal's offense has not necessarily carried its weight, but that defense has has done even more than any, I think, fan or team executive or CFL pundit expected them to do. They're playing at another level, and sometimes that carries a team to where they need to go. Now, all that being said... Now, in in a one-game scenario, anything could happen. We can see, you know, a a blocked field goal, as we did last year at the end of the game, that allowed the Argonauts to win the Grey Cup. We see big turnovers or a penalty or two at the exact wrong time. But everything being equal, Winnipeg is the better team. Winnipeg should win the Grey Cup. Winnipeg is favored at last check by eight and a half points. That's a pretty large spread in a championship game. I think they're better coached, I think they're better disciplined, I think they have more elite players at more positions, especially the skill positions. I'm only win on Winnipeg and I, ha- I was out on day one, even being a Ticats fan and representing you know, the city and the team with the uh, the fifth quarter post game show, but I'm only on the Bombers. They are, they should be the great champions at the end of Sunday night.
0: By the way, do you guys know, Greg, you mentioned Mike O'Shea, the head coach for 10 years. I want to remind people, Mike O'Shea was drafted by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We wanted him here as a middle linebacker. He didn't want to play here. He went and played for the Argos. Remember that, Ricky?
2: I do recall that, and he was, at the time, the most hated man on earth, at least for those Hamilton fans. Yeah.
0: Oh, here he was, that's for <laughs> sure. I'm sure there'll be a few fans who may remind him about that tomorrow. Well, let's talk about the significance of the Grey Cup to all of us, because there've been, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Canadian football fans drifting off to the National Football League, and I know they have a great circus and, and a great product, and their public relations campaigns are, are amazing. Their television coverage is second to none, but... The Grey Cup and CFL football is ours. Do you both have a sense that the Grey Cup is of really tremendous significance to Canadians and Canadian football fans, and the CFL and the Canadian brand of football is getting stronger and better all the time? Ricky, start with you.
2: Well, listen, I think the Grey Cup holds a special meaning for a lot of people, and not just football fans. I mean, we're going to have a lot of people tune in tomorrow. Uh, to you know, watch the halftime show with Green Day, or to see what's happening pregame, or just you know what the stadium looks like, and and that's just people who are you know watching it on TV. Those who are going to the game are obviously many of them hardcore football fans, and they're there I think for what is a national celebration. This is you mentioned it before the break. This is our game, and it's not an us versus them, but I think it's a celebration of. You know, the, the origin of a three down game, how it evolved from the sport of rugby, how we've transitioned and transformed it into, you know, a lovable sport that we call our own. And we have, you know, Americans and Canadians and now many global uh, participants playing this game and uh, and doing extraordinary things on the field and breaking records and winning championships. and. You know, with the Greek Club Festival and seeing all these fans, many of them with different jerseys, all nine, you know, 10 if you include. I saw Atlantic Scoo- uh, Scooter's mock jersey the other day in Fan Central. I mean, people are coming from all over the country to celebrate this sport, and I think this is uh, just amazing to see once again.
0: Greg, why don't you uh, chime in on this, and how many Blue Bombers fans have made their way to Hamilton?
1: don't have a number, but it's in the well in the hundreds. It could probably be in the low thousands thousands, maybe two thousand uh blue bomber fans here and I mean these are these are regular people these are people that have season tickets that might be foregoing a trip to Mexico this winter and are coming to Hamilton instead to be here with the blue bombers. I mean this is far more accessible. Than uh, any Super Bowl would be to an average fan, but it's still not inexpensive. A game ticket is around four hundred dollars. It was anywhere from eight nine hundred to fifteen hundred dollars for airfares uh, after the Bombers won on Saturday. The, can you imagine that the airfares went up. On the website. What um, a surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: what a okay, surprise.
0: Right? Who would have thought that might
1: happen? Jeez. So, it's a, so It's a several, you know, two or three thousand dollar week. Yeah. Uh, sure. For a person. But the, this is accessible. And these are people that come uh, some every year. Uh, John Couture, I introduced our listeners to John Couture. Most Bomber fans know Cooch. This is his 50th Grey Cup. His first was in 1974. And he comes uh, every single year and people know them and it's sort of like a big Canadian family reunion and that's the best way to describe it in my mind. We all have our differences, we all come from different places, politics don't matter, the hockey team you cheer for maybe you can find common ground on or the team that you loathe you might find common ground but everybody loves the Canadian Football League that's here this week. And it's uh, really a unique celebration like that.
0: here. here, uh, Rick, are there any, just for the fans who are going to be watching and listening, you know the stadium in Hamilton better than anybody. Are there idiosyncrasies in this stadium that we should be looking for? Wind, sun angles, whatever. You know, the slow, the field sloping up one way and down the other. Is there? What should we be looking for? <laughs>
2: well, number one, there is going to be a little bit of a different configuration at Tim Hortons Field because the... South end zone, uh, the end zone opposite the scoreboard, is now a little fuller, if you will. They have uh, raised platforms with uh, executive suites or corporate suites, if you will. So that might alter a little bit the wind. And whoever, anyone who's been to Tim Hortons Field knows, the wind is always a factor. And it'll be interesting to see how this new configuration at end zone uh, messes or fixes the wind factor. Um, it's going to be a night game, so the, the the sun won't be an issue. I, I think the, the buzz in the crowd is going to be very tangible, and I think we're we're going to be um, really going to be watching a pretty exciting game. I'm expecting a close, hard-fought championship battle between two talented, hungry teams.
1: All right,
0: Greg. Final score.
2: Oh, Roy,
1: you know me well enough. I don't make predictions, man. Well, just once. <laughs> okay, I'll do this. Uh, Bob Irving, the former voice of the Blue Bombers, uh, predicted on stage last night at Blue Bomber House, I think, 2511 Winnipeg.
0: Okay, so. That's what you're going to give us. I got you down for 25, 11 Winnipeg.
1: I'm attributing. I'm attributing my... I know uh, you are. I, I know I'm you on. are. I know, okay. you're,
0: I know you're not breaking your tradition.
1: Okay. I was hoping don't, you don't might. Cancel, don't th- cancel me, Roy. No.
0: <laughs> Nobody, That's would, a CFL score Nobody would cancel you. you kidding me? <laughs> but like canceling
2: Christmas. Uh, Rick, what, what, what's your call? I'm going 30, 20 bombers of the late touchdown to cover the spread.
0: 30, and now you're confusing me again. You see, now you're creating problems for me again. I, I, I had you down. I had my two bucks ready to go, and now you're covering the spread. Anyway, guys, I'm really looking forward to it. I know you are. I know the people in this country are, and uh, it, it's just it's just such a tremendous piece of Canadian history. The Grey Cup. You know, when you uh, when you think about, we don't have something called the Super Bowl. Super Bowl sounds like something you put potato chips into, but the Grey Cup is ours.